0: i Spaces Welcome to The Ether. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. Today on The Ether, roving with Riona, the craft of writing, crafting rhythm. Let's take a listen
1: hello hello everyone this is roving with rihanna the craft of writing and today we're going to be talking about crafting rhythm and so i'm going to pause for a little bit and let the room fill up and maybe the music will come back and play just a tad and we'll just wait a moment and then we'll get right to it okay hello hello so like I said, this is Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing, and I'm Rihanna. It's, I am so glad that you're here. I can't wait to talk about writing with you. First, I thought I'd get, uh, give a bit of a background to who I am and how I began my professional career as a writer and a teacher. For many years, I taught English and writing. At one point, I was a professor who taught English teachers how to be English teachers. So that was very exciting and my goal by presenting Roving with Brianna the craft of writing is to discuss writing techniques and strategies with other writers I'm always learning and being so excited to see what other writers know and I want to share that with you so whether you're listening now or whether you're listening in the future please know that I welcome you to be part of this conversation and so today we are going to look, be looking at one literary element, and we're going to be looking at rhythm, how rhythm is created in literature, namely poetry today. So let's jump right to it. Let's jump right to it. And if you're here and you'd like to raise your hand, and I'll pull you up on stage, and you can talk also about how you utilize rhythm in your poetry and your work. Okay. So rhythm is, let's talk about first what rhythm is. Rhythm is sort of the beat of the poem itself. It's the cadence that is created by the words that the poet chooses to use. And many poems that we adore as readers and fellow writers are ones that have a beautiful cadence or rhythm to them. They're memorable to us because of the techniques poets use to create that rhythm. And several of the techniques that poets use to create rhythm are alliteration, repetition, rhyme, and internal rhyme. Now alliteration itself appears in poems as repetition of the first sound of the words that are scattered throughout the line of poem, poetry, the stanza, or mini stanzas. And so, oh, we've got a couple of people joining us. So I'm going to go ahead and send them invitations to speak. Yay, hi, Edward. And hello, hello, CryptoVersal. I'm glad you guys are here. Thanks for coming. Okay, so jumping back to what alliteration is. And alliteration is, like I said, repetition of the first sound of words that are scattered throughout the poem. And this repetition creates a musical quality can add rhythm and flow to the poem. So this is actually something that we know about from when we were children. Um, like Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. That is alliteration and that in and of itself creates a rhythm. And so I'm gonna pause for just a second and welcome um, CryptoVersal and Edward. I see they've both accepted to be speakers. So I want you guys to check in and say hello.
2: Hey, Rihanna.
3: Hello.
1: Hi, thank you.
3: Trying to think of an alliterative way to say hello, but um, I'm struggling, so just hello.
1: (laughs) Just hello. (laughs) Hi, hello, howdy. (laughs) Yes, doing great. Okay, so we just now just to kind of I know you guys just came from your group, and you've jumped over to here. Thank you so much for coming. Um, So we've talked about what rhythm is how it's the beat of the poem. And then we're moving on to how that beat is created. And one of the elements is through alliteration. The next one is through repetition. And so repetition is another powerful tool for creating rhythm in poetry. It It can be used to repeat a word, a phrase, or a line throughout a poem, creating a sense of continuity and structure. For example, if we were gonna look at Edgar Allan Poe's poem, Annabelle Lee, the repetition of the phrase, beautiful Annabelle Lee scattered throughout the poem, creates a sense of deep love and devotion because Poe chose to repeat that phrase in a repetitive manner throughout the poem. And then we're going to jump to rhyme. Rhyme is another common technique used to create rhythm in poetry. Rhyme is the repetition of the final sound of word, which is different from the alliteration, which is the repetition of the first sound. And so this this we're very familiar with as well as readers and um, people who buy greeting cards and my love is like a red red rose and so those kinds of um, things were always were, were very used to to end rhyme but then there's another technique that's kind of clever and it's called internal rhyme internal rhyme is a variation of rhyme that occurs within a line or lines of poetry rather than just at the end of the line This technique can add a subtle layer of rhythm and musicality to a poem. For example, if we were to look back at Poe's poem, Annabelle Lee, there's an internal rhyme of beams and dreams. It's within the same line of poetry, and that adds a sense of mystical mystery to the poem. And there are other tools besides alliteration, repetition, rhyme, and internal rhyme that poets use to create rhythm. They work with the syllables themselves, like iambic pentameter, if we were thinking about Shakespeare, how Shakespeare wrote. But alliteration, repetition, rhyme, and internal rhyme are powerful tools that we can mindfully pull into our writing to create rhythm without monkeying with the syllables, if that's not something that's in your wheelhouse, or if it's something that you want to experiment with later, maybe we'll talk about iambic pentameter and the other, and the other meter tools later in a different, in a different uh, Roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing. So I've done a whole bunch of talking about all of these different pieces. And so now I'd really like to, to pull on Edward and Cryptoversal's poetry writing skills and see if they've got things that they particularly like. So Edward, how about you jump in first, if you'd like, and talk to us about when you are crafting poetry, how you create rhythm and what you do, what
4: techniques you use.
3: I really appreciate the opportunity. And in in fact, what that's making me do is to go pull up um, some poetry and and kind of look and see what I have done in the past. What I will say is that for me, poetry tends to be the least, I want to say, thoughtful form of writing because it just kind of usually comes to me. It is very sort of emotion driven um, and just kind of pours out and it comes fairly rarely, uh, usually around pretty deep topics. Um, but I would say that I think I've been influenced by you know reading you know poets like E. E. Cummings who kind of you know, threw a lot of the the grammatical and the, you know, the the way the way you're supposed to write rules out the window. Um, but I do like rhyming. Uh, I do like structures. So I'll let uh, Crypto perhaps answer while I'm digging through. Uh, finding a good folder and looking to see if there's anything that stands out in my own work. right? And say, ah, yes, I use this a lot.
2: Ah, uh, thanks, Edward. Um, I tend to keep the um, the toolbox handy, uh, have an awareness of the, the different techniques and 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 tropes of poetry. Um, but for, for me, I think I think voice is the most important part of of uh, the poet's repertoire and. Coming out with with a, a, a work that could only be written by that one person uh, is is generally my goal, um, and and in order to do that, a lot of the times I, I bend rules or break rules or disregard rules, um, or write prose poetry, um, where where um, the 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 important thing to me is word choice and idea expression um and and overall themes um and trying to just just make it my own
1: i love that so much i love that i love um i love that edward is digging through his stuff trying to find how he utilizes these features that we were just talking about and then cryptoversal yours too i'm just i i'm a big free verse writer i love free verse i also like utilizing these 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 literary elements sprinkled through, but I don't necessarily start out with that that in mind. It's it's um, more of a feeling that comes about when I'm working on it, and and poetry is such a piece of my soul, and and I, I I'm a I'm a natural poet like that's my my initial inclination is if i want to write somebody something that sounds nice uh, it comes out in, in poetry form and so i'm loving this conversation. Okay, yes, Edward, hello hello. I see your hand is up. Excellent. Go for it.
3: Yeah, so i went back and looked at look at looked at some poetry and again, these are poems that i think i wrote back in 2004, 2005. And definitely um, when the poetry has to do with kind of love lost uh, there is a lot of repetition in the poetry and I think in fact that that appears in this uh this poem that I just published on Tezos but I looked at two other poems and again a lot of repetition there is uh I think there's one called lost and found uh talking about you know uh where I find this this person that I really like um and I find her here I find I find her in music and I find her in movies I find her in sunsets I find her everywhere um, but that so definitely repetition there, and then there's another one that talks about you know someone who needs more time to figure things out, and you know take your time, take this much time, take that much time, take even more time, take all the take all the time in the world. Um, uh, so I think that repetition is definitely one that I have been unconsciously using.
1: Excellent, excellent. Do you have one handy, a poem handy that you wouldn't mind just reading? Because this is what this hour is about, right? Just looking at and talking about and, and mulling around these different strategies that we use.
3: I mean, sure, I can I can read it, I suppose.
1: Please, yes, that'd be wonderful.
3: Okay. Um, this is called Lost and Found. And it goes, I will find you beloved in the strangest places when I'm not looking, though I'm always looking. I will find you in the stories of Hemingway and Lady Brett Ashley, and I will find you in the paintings of Vermeer and Hopper, Girl with a Pearl Earring, and Summertime. I will find you in the songs of Sinatra, the music of Frederick fucking Chopin, and I'll find you in my dreams at night, but never, it seems, in my arms when I awake. I will find you in the movies, in the film fatales of film noir, and I will find you always in poetry, though I will never find you. I will find you in sunsets and still waters and cresting waves and sand dunes and mountain snows and rainstorms and the distant flash of lightning the delayed rumble of thunder and presently in rainbows i will find you in the scent of gardenias and of lever 2000 with aloe i will find you in the slippery rich taste of dark chocolate the piquant flavor of ginger and lime and in the softness of egyptian cotton of silk and old leather i will find you in kittens napping in sunbeams and preening themselves perched precariously on some ledge And I will especially find you in tiny girls with sundresses and gap two smiles, skin, knees and dandelions. I'll find you beloved everywhere and always I'll find you beloved nowhere and never. And I will find you beloved forever in my heart and in my soul.
1: That is beautiful. That is beautiful. I love how powerful the repetition makes, makes that piece. And so I'm always as, as a writer. And then as a teacher of writing, I'm always torn between, um, the feeling and the mood and the tone that a poem emotes and then defining how the writer does that. And um, so it's gorgeous, what gorgeous work, what beautiful imagery and, and all of those pieces that you pulled forward. And so i i always i really always love to honor that before we start talking about how did you do that how did you as the writer do those things and both you and cryptoversal said that it just comes out of you just comes out of you and so then that's how that's how (laughs) I feel like we're like, no, we're writers, because those kinds of things just come out. Like someone, if they were to pick up a paintbrush, there's all of these different things that they can do to create this art. And so that's just beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yes.
3: Yeah. So it's kind of kind of interesting that that reminds me a bit of um, I did a collaboration with a this uh, uh, artist named Calico Cat. Uh, She's a tattoo artist in Berlin, but she does some really beautiful um and if he works as well. And someone was asking her uh, in an AMA, you know, if if she could describe um like the 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 basis for some of her, her works. And she was like, listen, if I could put it into words, I wouldn't have had to put it into pictures. Um, and I think in a weird way, that's also kind of how the poetry works. Like I can't tell you in plain English um how I did it. Uh it just it just came out. Like her artwork just came, comes out.
1: Right, right. Cryptoversal, do you have thoughts?
2: Um, no, what, what struck me about that poem was all the evocative examples. Um, each each time, each mention of an artist or a musician or a work um, evoked all the feelings that we would have about that, you know, and 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 the imagining of how that relates to this person and this relationship Um uh, and, and i thought that was a very powerful effect
1: yes i agree very very powerful and so um so there's there's a particular writing process that we go about as writers and some people are big planners and some people are not big planners and so um i've invited um Miss Mack up, if she would like to come speak, please feel free. This is, this is a writer's hour for us all to talk about the craft of writing itself. And, um, and so I thought maybe that could be our next topic is just kind of delve into how do you approach the writing project? Are do you plan, do you draft, do you, you know, um, and so Cryptoversal, you want to jump in and, and talk about how you approach a new piece?
5: Um,
2: it's it varies depending on the project. Um, I think I'm most comfortable with the the, the pancing what they what they call or or um, I I don't like the, the plotting and panting, uh terminology. I, I, I prefer um, architects and gardeners. Uh, and, and in terms of are you are you an architect? Do you do you, you know put together a blueprint for a structure? Before you build it, or are you a gardener who plants seeds and cultivates what what starts to grow naturally? Um, and, and in, in those terms, I think i'm I'm more comfortable being a gardener. Um, but with some with some projects, you really have to have uh, a blueprint in place, uh, and then some projects are sort of a hybrid. Uh, so I think it's it's project specific.
1: Yeah, Edward, do you wanna jump in and talk about how you approach? Because I, I, love the, I love the architect and gardener because everybody plans in some sense, whether it, it percolates in your mind, um, but then some people really find comfort in the structure of writing things out. And I, I love the, the nurturing piece of being a gardener, how you approach the the piece that you're working on with the nurturing sense and so yes edward please jump in
3: uh yes so i think that when it comes to uh other forms of writing so certainly nonfiction writing um i have a lot of uh architectural work and even with a lot of fiction you know i like to write uh stories that have a bit of a framework so a lot of my stories will be have some historical element, so my story is bounded by what actually happened. It has other fictional elements in it, but you know I can't say World War happened in you know 1912 because it didn't. Um, so I think that when it comes to things that are not poetry, I'm very much an architect, but I cannot imagine architecting a poem. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense
1: yeah it 100 percent makes sense because i feel like poetry comes from a different place inside ourselves than maybe something that's historical fiction where you have to have a basis in you have to have the history that goes with it and so um yes
6: please miss mac jump right in <laughs> hi guys hi. um i feel like we just moved over we moved over to the next room right Go down the hall to your left <laughs> well this is really interesting um well first of all i have a whole series of poetry that i called Tumble down poetry because that's what it did it just tumbled down and but there was something really weird kind of like an ocd thing going on in my head where i had iambic pentameter just it was it was almost drove me crazy and so all these poems would just come out. Da 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 Like oh my gosh, Um, and they were all like just like pre mixed up there in my brain, right? So and they and they were pretty good too. But but that said, I have great respect for people for poets who craft their work, and you can tell who crafts their work. Um, and I consider somebody a person who makes rhymes. And then there's people who are poets and there is a difference. And the difference is the poet knows it is a craft. And if it is a craft, then you craft it. You, uh, you can let the first, you know, the first run tumble out for sure. Um, you can start writing and see what happens. But then if you're really serious about, about the craft, then you're going to go back. You're going to read it out loud. You're going to listen to the rhythm. You're going to consider each word can you take it out can you change it um you're going to listen to the accidents that's the sound of the vowels moving together right so you're going to look at all these tiny little things that make up the language and structure of a poem and then you're going to make it really really good um but to start off with a structure? No, I don't think I, I can do that, except for like, well, for instance, uh, one time I did a square poem or a sonnet, that type of thing, where you you know you are working within, you know, the parameters of some structure. Um, but planning it out like an architect? Uh, no, not really, not really. But um, anyway, yes, Edward, I'll hand them over to you.
3: Well, I just want to say that you're absolutely correct. and And definitely when the poem has, has come out in its first form when it's been born. I think I definitely will, will shape it. But something I actually noticed w- in working with this first uh, poem that I did on Tezos is if you then put your poem in something other than black and white ink on white paper uh, and put a, a visual behind it, now suddenly you have more things you can do. Should I curve the words around the moon? Should I play with what the moon looks like and put a woman's face in it? Uh, should I try to get the shooting star in the picture to line up with where the shooting star is in the text? Or does that matter? Is it better to get the the well, you know, rule of thirds picture? So I think that that NFT poetry is now taking another level. And it's a way for me to go back and relook at some old things and say, OK, what if I take it to this, this other level? And then if I added spoken word to this, um, how much more would that change it?
6: Yeah, and that's a really wonderful aspect of it, actually, you know, the visual to to create the poem is one thing that's auditory um, and poetry should be read aloud. But now we have the visual aspect. And so that is another element. And some people will have a great talent at that. And what you're describing there, there's something called objective correlative. And that is where not only do the words say what the words mean, but they're laid out in a way that it emphasizes what it means. So, for instance, if you were describing a horse trotting down the street, then you would use choppy little words, you know, that type of thing. So um, almost in this, it's a, uh, an analogy would be how an onomatopoeia, how the word sounds like the noise, right? So a poem that has objective correlatives will create other senses of its meaning through other means, by the way it's structured, by the way it's laid out, by the length of the sentences and the rhythm and that type of thing. And now we have another tool to do that. So that's, yeah, that's really fabulous. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to I'm going to pause just a second and sort of reset the room and then I see we have a couple more guests joining us. Thank you guys so much for this rich conversation. I'm loving it. So this is Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing. And today we are we are talking and focusing on the craft of rhythm and how we as poets and writers Pull this into our own writing and so the pieces that we were really talking about earlier were using alliteration, repetition, rhyme, and internal rhyme and so Edward was able to pull out a poem that he wrote recently and really realized um, that he used a lot of repetition and it created a beautiful a, a beautiful imagery and CryptoVersal has been talking to us about the difference between being an architect for your written work or whether you're a gardener, whether whether you're pulling forward um, the nurturing piece, um, like Miss Mac was talking about, going back and editing and utilizing the writing process that we're all so familiar with. And so that's just catching everybody up on what we've talked about so far. And I see that we have future Adora here with us, and I would love for her to come up and, and share some of her information and how she approaches writing and how she utilizes rhythm. And then I see that we have Ryan here in the audience with us, and, and that would be wonderful. If Ryan, if you have some things that you would like to talk to us about with crafting rhythm, if you are a poet, or if you are a listener, please feel free. So um, future Adora, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the floor for you. And you can jump in and share something about what you've got going on.
7: Um, I share the same sentiments, I find it really um, interesting putting that visual aspect, and how that sometimes dictates and at times for me I might have to change the words to make it fit for example like there was um a poem that I did it was three poems and then they all had a box and if the word was too big it wouldn't be cohesive to the other um the other poem so I had to really think about the the letters of each word to make sure they fit in this specific box that was already measured out on the um, on the art side. So that's super interesting. And I think also it just it brings another energy, like a connection when you're doing poetry, and then you you already visually think about it. um, That the endpoint has also like a picture to it. So I tend to have, like, I have a poem that I really like that I I know I need somebody else to execute the visual, if that makes sense. Like, it it almost appears as if it's a movie or people see it as a movie when they hear it. So I want to make sure that I capture that, I guess, energy versus, you know, list audio or speak poet versus audience and capture that energy. That's kind of not visible onto the visual aspect. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's awesome, and I and I love seeing how people execute all the different visuals as well. That's really intriguing with the words and and such.
1: I agree, definitely. I think that um, the poetry NFTs that we are seeing now, this is just the beginning because I think as a human population, we love words. And I also think that as a population, we're incredibly busy people, but if we can find a way to combine words and art and the beauty of that, because that's what our soul craves, I think poetry NFTs are a perfect place to land there. And so, Do you guys want to jump in and talk about your thoughts on that as well and where you all think that literary um, NFTs and poetry NFTs, where we think all that is headed?
7: Well, for me, I'll be honest when you mentioned, you know, how fast just um, Internet is and, you know, people's attention span. I definitely um took that into consideration when I started to doing my poetry digitally. So whether it's a key line that, you know, is in a whole poem, I just take that one key line and start designing around it. So it almost feels like it's one poem or like a haiku, let's say, like a minimal kind of poetry and started to think about okay, how can I present a poem digitally? and still make sure the audience reads it. Is it the colors that I'm going to use that's going to be catchy? Is it, you know, some of the words that are strong? And and it definitely molded my journey as, um, yeah, digital poet, meta poet, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever label it is uh, makes sense at the moment, I feel. But yeah, the poetry, I would say, in the essence.
1: Right, right. No, I hear what you're saying. And so, Edward, do you have thoughts? And CryptoVersal, do you have thoughts? Miss Mac? do you have thoughts? And if you're in the audience and you would like to speak, please just go ahead and raise your hand. We're talking about rhythm today and how we create rhythm. And, and now we're, we're just kind of moving on to talking about how poetry and where poetry NFTs are going. And so please feel free to jump in if you'd like. And Edward, take it away.
3: Well, so um, I think poetry NFTs were one of the things that uh, early, kind of last year when I was looking at what was being called a literary NFT. One of the things that I that I saw and I didn't really personally approve of was, um, and he's a he's a you know New York Times bestselling author, Mark Manson, but the NFT was just basically a quote from his book. So you signed up for the mint and you paid your ETH, and what you got was not a book; it was just one quote from the book, uh, random and some were considered more rare and valuable. Uh, and some of them seemed to be that way because of the word, some of them seem to be that way because of the color on the paper. Um, and I was like, you know, is that really a, a literary NFT? And, but that was kind of the style with a lot of these uh, NFT drops was there was gonna be a thousand things and some of them were gonna be more valuable than others. And uh, you wouldn't know what you get until after you would paid your, your toll. And I was just like, how is this going to work for you know books? Because all my you know if if you buy one copy of Lethargica, the story is exactly the same. The story doesn't change. Um, But what it did occur to me was that poetry, especially short form poetry, like imagine if you had you know you were it was a haiku collection and you had like twenty different authors and they'd each you know put five haikus in, and now you had a chance to get one of you know these these unique things. So. So that was one of the things I thought about with poetry. But interestingly enough, that is something I have not yet really seen or I don't think I've seen in the space so far. Um, Yeah. So I, I just I just think that the sky's the limit. There's so many interesting things you can do. And I've been really excited to see what people are doing.
1: Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. I really do think that the sky's the limit. And it's so interesting on how everyone feels and sees that they want to incorporate all of this this lovely technology that we have in front of us. And so here, yes, I see um, sighs, maybe cries. Uh, I'm not certain how to pronounce your name, but maybe when you take the stage, you can let us know and talk a little bit about poetry
4: yourself
8: yeah thanks it's uh it's Chris, so it's crypto and then Sisyphus mashed up but uh cries or w- whatever you like <laughs> I'm not too too picky
1: <laughs> oh great hello uh, it's nice to meet you. I'm Rihanna Morgan and welcome to the space
8: hey Rihanna. nice to meet you as well and uh I see a familiar face there on stage. Edward how are you so
3: something Doing that well occurred... thanks so much and good to see you as well
8: yeah so something that occurs to me is that uh, there's a a lot of different ways that people can produce poetry digitally that that isn't really new so people could do you know mix it with visual art or do um audio files like when i think about nft poetry i'm not too um moved by uh what's new under the sun as far as that goes like the presentation of the poetry i think the attention span's point is really important but um, for me, the interesting thing is what you can do uh, post sale. Like having self-published a few books and I know that I've sold, who knows, like a few dozen copies or, or whatnot, but you know, it just kind of goes into the black box that is Amazon and you know, that's kind of where I lose contact with most of my readers, um, more or less. But I think once you're able to connect a wallet to a sale, then you can um really have a much closer bond with your readers. And you can, um, you know, if you're feeling like it one day, you just, you know, record a, a reading of a poem they bought and just drop it to them. Or, you know, and this guy's really the limit on things that you can do creatively to just enhance the experience of people that are interested in your work. So to me, that that is the one of the real big linchpins, not just the, like how we as poets might, um, put our stuff out into the world digitally but how we can then connect with people once they've shown an interest in our work not necessarily to keep selling them stuff but just to you know deepen that connection and just kind of enhance their lives in in different creative ways so that's that's kind of where my mind's been um as i've started to mint some poetry
1: That sounds amazing. I really love the, and, and, you know, you hear rumblings all the time about what people do after, after the sale has been made. And I love the idea of, Recording, you know, hey, I just want to give you a gift and say thank you so much for for being a supporter and a fan and all of these wonderful things that our readers become for us. And that's really the beauty of the Web3 space is creating this community and building with care and building with love and leading with um that community minded piece. And so we've got some new listeners here coming in. And I, of course, want to pull them up on stage if they want to come. And so I'm going to reset the stage really quick and just talk about how this is roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing. And today we've been talking about crafting rhythm and how poets and writers bring those that beautiful sense of rhythm and that beautiful cadence that poems have and how that is created and so we've reviewed at the beginning of this um, twitter space about utilizing alliteration repetition rhyme and internal rhyme and using those pieces to create rhythm and so if you if you want to jump in and, and talk about how you create rhythm in your poetry, in your writing, please, let's talk about that. Um, if you want to talk about your writing process, we've also talked a little bit about that. How are you a planner? Are you someone who's an architect? Are you a nurturer? Are you a gardener? Do you, do you approach it and it spills out of you and then you go back and revisit? Like, where are you in your writing process with the current pieces that you're working on and um i'm i'm absolutely loving today i'm smiling from ear to ear because i absolutely love talking about writing and so i'm going to send everybody an invitation who's just joined us to come up on stage and speak about their pieces if you would like to you do not have to but you're definitely welcome so um CryptoVersal, we haven't heard from you in a little bit. Do you want to jump in and talk about where you feel like the future of the poetry NFTs are going while I send out invitations?
2: I, I'm more uh, of a spectator in terms of the poetry part. Um, I think that I think that the poetry NFTs are ahead of the literary, the, the longer form literary NFTs. So um, I, I'm watching the the poetry space for an idea of where the literary NFTs are going uh, mainly, and and dropping some some poems of my own uh, from time to time, um, but just you know just more blown away by um, watching the innovation in the space uh, and and seeing it trickle down or you know to, to other forms
1: i definitely agree i am i am always blown away by um how creative everyone is in the poetry nft space and which was one of the reasons that i thought oh my goodness we need to start talking about these things because it is such a it's such a beautiful way to bring literature to our readers and so um, please feel free if you want to jump in and, and just go ahead and raise your hand and just be part of this with us, please, please do. And so... Prize. i love the crypto sisyphus like the myth of sisyphus um is that your reference there i love that and so you came and you showed us and talked a little bit about um your philosophy but could you tell us a little bit about yourself because i don't know you and i want to so um please tell us share a little bit about who you are
8: sure yeah i'd be happy to and thanks for asking um. So, yeah, it is from the myth of Sisyphus. So, I, of course, there's the, I guess, the classic Greek story or Greek myth around Sisyphus. And um, Albert Camus kind of took that and spun it in a very positive direction. Like, you must imagine Sisyphus happy. So that's uh, some homework for anyone that's interested in a bit of, I guess, light existential philosophy. But I really liked Camus kind of version of Sisyphus, like, settling into pushing that rock and just, you know, enjoying the moment of, of doing it, even though once in a while he realizes it's futile, but hey, it still can be, you know, what you make of it. So I always kind of like that. Um, and my, I've been a, um, a poet for, I guess, a decade or so. Um, I published a few books, self-published them um, in 2020 and 2021. And then got into NFTs, although I had been in crypto before, and I kind of um, left my art to the side for a good year and a half or so, which I've rediscovered the the muse again um, after just getting engulfed in you know collectible NFTs and just the you know this tidal wave of technology, and it just you know really caught my interest. But um, there's just so many awesome poets and writers that are in this space that just seem to be doing such interesting stuff. It just really kind of got my uh, creative juices going again. And then looking back on all the the poems and, and the books I've worked so hard on over the years, I, it's almost like I'm, I'm kind of proud of them again and can give them a bit of a second life and, and also work on some new stuff. So, so that's a, a little bit about me. So I guess I'm kind of a crypto native that has, Rediscovered the fire for doing, doing art, and I think a lot of that too has come from supporting artists over that that 18 months. Like there's some photographers I just really love, and there's um, there's some visual artists that I really love, and just you know seeing them succeed and just you know do really well and being able being able to support them um, after getting a little bit uh, jaded myself with you know how if you're trying to be a working artist like what what that kind of looks like to to make happen and manifest but you know now seeing what people can do with nfts and just you know reach their real fans in a meaningful way i think that's uh there's some some real new hope there so yeah i'm just enjoying every day in this space at the moment
1: that sounds amazing i'm so glad you you've come and i'm so glad to meet you and it's um it's pretty rare that we run across people who we don't know so i'm super excited to have you join us here and your piece about the fans and connecting with fans cryptoversal you've got a project going that um touches on that a little bit do you want to do you feel like talking about that some
2: Well, um, one of my resolutions for 2023 is to be more collaborative and develop a a, the community to be a co-author community, um, working working within a a grander project than any one of us could do on our own. Uh, The project I've been working on over the past year is the Wordle Village project, which starts with daily prompts that come from the Wordle puzzle and turn it into a fantasy world with quests and characters and uh just a, a deepening lore um in the process of opening that up to co-authors um holders of of the of the vignettes which are the rough drafts uh some of them will will be uh co-author tokens that that grant ip licenses to characters and settings and timeframes within the world um, and then working with PageDAO, uh to set up a, a new, a new, um, even more expansive version where people can bring their own worlds into an interconnected framework of worlds, uh, and that's that's the the next iteration of of the of the, the, the process. So, um, looking forward to seeing uh, what that becomes and and seeing the the next phases of it.
1: That is so exciting. I am so excited about this. So um, yes, Edward, I see your hand is up. So please, why don't we, that sounds good. Let's go around the room here and, and talk about what our projects are. And and, and Edward, please jump in and, and share what you've got going.
3: Well, so I wanted to talk about uh, this idea of connecting with, with readers. Um, and one of the things I've really enjoyed doing this space is being able to actually know, you know, who's collecting my art and uh, last year, I ended up, um, I did a thing where I said I was going to give uh, a percentage of all my writing related income uh, to my collectors uh, and it started out as to do 1%. I ended up doing 10%. Um, and I couldn't have done that in like the books I published on Amazon, but with the blockchain, I could see who had collected me and on what chain and I could send them, you know, I could figure out my, you know, what was 10% and convert that into Matic or ETH and just send them a little Christmas gift, and so I really enjoyed being able to do that. Uh, to be able to airdrop people things, uh, just give a reward, um, and then the other thing uh, that you can connect with is um, not just readers but other creatives. So I think we're all involved—you, uh, me, and a few people in this room—in a, a collaborative poetry project, which again we couldn't do. There's there's no mechanical way to do it um, for us all to submit a book to Amazon, like self-publish something you know, within a week or so, and, and somehow seamlessly split all the, the proceeds. So I just think this is the real power of Web3 for me is um, connecting with readers and connecting with writers.
1: yes i agree that collaboration piece and so i i'm just going to talk super super briefly about the project that i've got going called the seven love stories and it's a literary nft that's set to be released earlier early 2023 and the reason i want to talk about it is because I've collaborated with four other illustrators. And so we've all come together to create this, this, these pieces together. So, and because of the blockchain, because of the technology, we're able to split the proceeds and we're able to split the, the royalties of this. And then we're also able to give back with it, how, how we choose and spread with love and build with love. And so that's super exciting. For us and so Edward I'm I agree 100% that's where a real power is for all of this And so let's see we have um, Doctor and I'm not gonna pronounce the rest of your name because I don't wanna mess it up. So when you come and take the stage, if you are interested, please come help us learn how to pronounce your name so I address you respectfully and appropriately. And then please share with us what projects you've got going on. And I know that we do lots of things together here.
4: Oh my gosh, it is so funny, my name. I don't even know what the pronunciation of my name is. That's a long story. And it's a true story though because Because I I was born in India. So in India, in South India, they call me Shahnaz. But then my sister-in-law is from Pakistan and she calls me Shahnaz. And the original name is from Persia. So it is technically Shahnaz. And then in America, linguistically, it's just Shahnaz. So when you're speaking, I guess, colloquial American English, it's just really fast to just go, oh, my name is Shahnaz. I can't go, oh, my name is, and I'd have to stop and think and go, Shechnaz, because it's linguistically, we don't have those sounds. So, anyway, so since we're speaking in English and whatever, I would say just go with Shanaz (laughs) and it's fine. (laughs) Well, hello, hello. I'm so glad to talk
1: to you in person, Shanaz. This is wonderful.
4: I'm glad to be here. I'm very glad to be here. I'm uh, a little bit overwhelmed by so much talent around me and it's kind of like, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I've never really called myself a poet. I've always been writing for my whole life. I've been writing poems, I've been w- short stories, I've been working on, a, I'm working on a novel right now, which is about, it's fourth it edit and I'd probably go through a fifth before I go to another editor. But you know, I'm very close. I'm hoping to start querying and stuff this year for my novel. But again, to call yourself a writer or a poet when, you know, you've got big guns around here, you know, you got Edward here. I mean, I heard his poem the other day and I was like, oh my God, just stop calling yourself a poet. (laughs) Like, you know, like not Edward, I mean myself. Like, I was just like, whoa, you know, like there's so, so, so much talent. And uh, my project is I, you know, since I'm a self-proclaimed poet now, whatever that means I will uh, I had a couple of poems that was on object that sold out and currently I'm doing a collaboration with visual artists like she's a traditional visual artist and I'm just gonna share that real quick uh, because what happened is it's kind of this is what got me into the NFP space in the first place because she did the art for this and I'm just pinning it up if that's okay and then I wrote the poem and then I recorded the audio for it it's not showing on the pin tweet but anyway and uh that's kind of uh well that's a project I guess we're working on trying to sell it but then after this not after I'm currently working on four of my poems and I already have like photographs for it, like the background, three of it are my own photographs. One, I'm just picking an AI. And then I'm going to put the photo with it, the photo, the poem. And then I thought, well, a lot of people are putting audio with the poem. So I'm going to record my audio. And recently, the craziest thing is I was in a space and I just went in, and there was jazz music playing in the background. And, you know, you're introducing yourself. Hey, I'm Shanaz, blah, 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 I'm a poet. And they're like, oh, read something. So I'm reading, and they're like, do you want the music on or off, the jazz music in the background? And to be very honest, the first time I was thinking, I'm kind of the person, I like silence. But I was like, um, let's just leave it on. If it's really bothering me, I will tell you, and then we can turn it off. So I started reading with this jazz music in the background. And I'll tell you, it was like crazy experience. Like it was so like, wow. I was like, who wrote this poem? Like all of a sudden the poem itself became better because of the music in the background. So that's another thing I'm planning on my four poems is uh, like record the audio with some music in the background. Actually, my husband composes, so he's going to write me some music. And that's, that's that. So I'm working on the four things and uh, we go from there. Wow,
1: that sounds so wonderful. I love the idea of the music in the background how it gives it a richer sense. And so Future Adora, do you want to jump in and talk about your project and then Miss Mac, do you want to talk about your project? And I'm making sure I'm getting everybody here. And then we have Nuclear Cowboy who's joined us and so I've sent him an invitation to speak. And so Future Adora, I want I want you to jump in and then I have a I have a surprise announcement for everyone who's in attendance today um, mm-hmm. after you've gone and then Miss Mac you go and then let's just keep the party rolling here. This is amazing. Okay, Future Adora, tell us about what you've got going on. Oh, and while I'm before I stop talking, please go ahead and pin your projects up above and we'll share them around. This is wonderful.
7: Um first, I wanted to give you compliments cuz you're doing such a great job at hosting. It's you're doing a great job remembering things re-saying things and i'm just like wow she's a really great host so i had to just say that (laughs) thank you (laughs) and then shauna i love you came with like such a great energy and you said so many you know different things you're doing that made me even confident to speak sometimes i feel some you know like oh i'm doing so much how am i gonna accomplish all these things but I even just kind of wrote it down. So that I make sure I'm like speaking efficiently. Um, but I just dropped the first chapter um, of Birth of Futuradora, which is basically me birthing this alt um, where I talk about the nexus between humanity and technology. So with this alt, I rework my, I guess, challenges and and things that I see, you know, with technology and where, where we are evolving as human beings. Also being a mom, I'm a bit hesitant at a time. So I kind of work through this journey of, yeah, just humanity and the involvement with technology in birth of Futuradora. Um, so I'm working on the second chapter for that book. And each chapter consists of three poems. I'm airdropping a video of me performing the first chapter um at an exhibition and i've already sent to some of the holders that's in europe and australia a book that i've published before i was Futuradora, so they could get a little bit to know what my poetry was before Futuradora was birth so that was kind of a really cool experience People trusting me with their address, obviously. I was like, I don't know, if you, I don't think people would get the address. But people gave the address. They paid for the postal the um, the post. So that was a really, really unique kind of connecting with people, hearing more about their lives. I really love that, <laughs> and it makes it feel a little bit more real as well. Um, and also for that first chapter of um, Birth of Future Adora, I worked with another artist. Um, in Italy who did a AR um, version or his interpretation of the, the art. And the way that it's, you see the rarity of the NFT is which AR you get, which is included in the metadata. So he did three, uh, there were three, um poems. So each NFT got one particular page of the one particular chapter. Um so that considers like the rarity or which one you got. Um so that's my first project. Lots going on. I don't know how people do it by themselves, but um it's a lot of learning, especially the dev stuff. Um then my second project called the code me poetry. It's a one of one that I use poetry and AI, and then I do some steganography and Morse code, which I know, Edward, you, you retweeted it and loved, and I really appreciate the, the love. So I really get into um, puzzles and things like that that I really love with the the poem. So I think one of them, there was a haiku in the metadata in Japanese, and. And also the Morse code was the poem, so you had to decode it. So I give, I feel, I put a lot in my NFTs for sure. And I curate these one-of-ones with so much love. And sometimes I get sad when they get, they get sold, but they get sold and people love it. And I'm just grateful for this space as well. And just finding, I think, like my, my kind of people, the poets, because it's not many of us out here.
1: And that's it. I love this. I love the Morris code. Oh my gosh. And the puzzles and the, and that, that's so, um, Oh, that is beautiful. I'm so, I'm so excited. I am just, I love everyone's creativity and how beautiful all of this is. And so, um, I want to tell you about the surprise that comes with attending today and um there is a po app that goes with today and so if you are here and you would like to do this po app if you've got the if you've got the po app um app on your phone um the window is open for 15 minutes because that's all that they would let me do and there's a secret phrase the secret word and so if you just go into your po app Place and you press mint. The secret word is poetry NFT, all lowercase. And they have um the the Poap company has a a little game that you have to play for like two minutes um in order to get the Poap, which I did not know when I created it. So I may have to come up with a different way next time for us to get the Poaps. But um, today's is poetry. NFT, all one word, all lowercase. So, if you're interested in going through the hoops that the that the Poap um, app has you do, please go for it. Please go for it. I try, I, I tried um, one earlier today with the secret phrase, and and I could not do it. I I it said I was denied. So, if you are quick enough to play the little game for two minutes, please go for it. I would love for you to have the Poap. So, um. Miss Mack, I think that you are up if you want to chat a little bit about your project and then we want to grab Nuclear Cowboy and make sure that we get everybody. And if I miss you, I mean, I have everybody written down. Um, I don't want to forget anybody, but if you have a project that you would like to pin up, Please pin it up. That would be wonderful. So we can share it around. And so, Miss Mac, if you want to talk a little bit about what project you've got going and then we'll move to Nuclear Cowboy.
6: Sure. Um, I don't really. I pinned up. Um, I ha- I have no po- poetry projects going, but so I pinned up my latest release on um, on the Taze blockchain. It's called Monsters of Madness. Um, but since so I don't really have a project that I feel like talking about because it's not, nothing poetic. But um since we were talking about creating crafting rhythm, I'll tell you a quick story and read a quick poem. So I was I was a guest at a reading and it was held in a tavern. And the people, half of the people in the tavern, the front half, came to hear the reading, the poetry. But there were some people in the back that stumbled in and had no interest in poetry. They had interest in drinking beer and playing darts and and um, so thankfully I went through and it, it was it was dismal I mean I was like and I'm a teacher in case you can't tell I was just like these little bastards right why aren't you listening so um, when it came up my turn to speak I got up and I said and, and 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 it just popped into my head it just popped into my head I said okay everybody I want you to do this And I started clapping real slow and I didn't say another word. I just started clapping. And so everybody started clapping, everybody, including all the noisy people in the back. Now I had the attention of the entire room. They were all looking up. They were all waiting, anticipating what's going to happen next. And they had my rhythm going because people love rhythm. And then I read. This is the hush of the earth as she's spinning. Here's the lament of yesterday gone. This is the quiet of memories leaving, the death rattle rhythm that sings like a song. Here is the daylight feasting on darkness. This is horizon swallowed by night. This is the dance of the days and the minutes, the rush of the wings as they take to flight. Here is the ocean moving like quicksand. This is the moon that worships the tide. Here are the waves that run from the shoreline burying dreams we all cast aside here is the groan of the mountain that rises this is the whimper of plans laid to die here is the fall of today and tomorrow dreams of the river of time passing by and that's it
4: oh my god oh sorry riona i gotta cut you off because no please go for it oh my gosh like i'm sitting here like clapping with the tapping i'm like <laughs> like, you know, like, and then the poem itself, the words, just so powerful. I was just like, wow, wow, wow. See, this is why I feel I'm not a poet. Like, it's like this. It's like I'm among greatness. And then it's like, I'm like, there was a cat. The cat walked across the street. Now the cat's across the street. And I'm like, oh my God. This is <laughs> that
3: horrible. is not true. But it's <laughs> not true. <laughs> you are <lovely>. a <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss is considered one of the world's great, great poets, and and he wrote very eloquently about cats um, and simple things like hats. So you are a poet. Don't uh, don't um, deny yourself your own uh, your own identity. Um, I think most of us in this room are poets. You're definitely a poet. or poetess, whichever no one you prefer. One. <laughs>
4: thank you. Well, thank you. But Miss Mac, I mean, that was just phenomenal. I I just. I just, oh my gosh.
6: I Is that an NFT? Is, <laughs> is that you. poem an NFT? No, it's not, it's no, we'll but it's in, you know it's, it's in my the book. You know what, it's in my book. The book is called Who Will Love the Pro and I haven't looked into the legalities What I with my publisher of what I can do like with the poems in this book. Do I own them, Now can I make an NFT? So I think I will find out from the publisher. Um, what I can do with this. And the NFTs weren't around when the book was published. Um, so it, it's probably going to be a new new question to to find out the answer to that. But um, thank you very much. Thank you for for appreciating it and for listening.
4: I'm going to throw this out there because I'm a brat. and I'm always a devil's advocate. So um, isn't it better to ask for forgiveness rather than ask for permission? I'm just throwing it out there. The smack. i mean you can go to your publisher and they could be like well and make up something i don't know i'm just, I have I'm slipped just throwing it out there
6: a few, i have slipped a few in there um but here's the thing she's waiting for another book right so i don't want to burn any any bridges but um I, it's good i'll find out the answer i'll find out the answer
1: right right well let's see edward's got his hand up and of course i want to honor that and then Nuclear Cowboy, you are next. And so, Edward, please share and then Nuclear Cowboy, you go.
3: Yes, Uh, Miss Mac, just very quickly, because I've just got done negotiating about NFT rights for uh, IRL publication, and it's just like any other subsidiary right. Uh, It all depends on how your contract is written. If it says that they reserve the right to publish in any and all forms of media, future media ever invented, then they might um, uh, they might have you. Um, on the other hand, it may be that they just say, you know, uh, print and ebooks, and then this uh, uh, NFP is ne- neither of those. But even if they do, in theory, have the rights, uh, it's just something you reach out to your editor and say, um, I have the subsidiary right. Uh, I want to know if you plan to use it. Uh, if you don't have a plan to use it, I'd like it to be reverted to me. And that is very normal thing. It happens with audiobook rights um, all the time. So just a thought
1: excellent excellent thank you for sharing edward that's wonderful and so nuclear cowboy welcome hello
5: hello um yeah I, I didn't I didn't uh, intend to speak but um, I, I just really came in to listen um, but well I'm right now um, I I am working on my third book and um, and that just means you know I, I go through I, I delete a bunch of poetry, delete a bunch of pages, rewrite it. I, I just go through the rewriting process over and over again till I get what I like. Um, other than that, um, I'm working on a, a script for the uh, the Flinch project. Um, it's not really, it's not poetry. Um, it's just for uh, short animated uh, films. Um, but with the scripts and with the uh, the dialogue there's definitely a a rhythm that has to happen in the uh in the background otherwise you have everyone that's starts tripping over the dialogue and then the the script just starts feeling very very choppy there's there's got to be this kind of poetic sense um behind it um other than that I I have kind of stepped back from uh the social media stuff a bit and that's just because sometimes when, when I'm in the writing process um seeing tons of tweets and whatnot um can get a bit a bit noisy um when when I'm trying to trying to write
1: yeah, that is definitely true. That's definitely true. So if you're ever trying to get in touch with me and you don't hear from me, that's because I have everything turned off and I'm working. <laughs> I'm literally doing the writing thing. And so I I usually try to put a post that's like, I, I am gone. I'm writing. <laughs> Catch me later. Or if you're a personal friend of mine, send me a text to call me or something, because if it's that important. So I definitely agree. Well, and we, we folks have come to our hour mark here. And I just want to say I've absolutely loved today. I loved everything about all of this conversation, and I'm so excited that you were here with me and that we got to talk about writing and we got to hear everybody's everybody's perspective and everybody's pieces and and I am loving it. And I'm already looking forward to next week. If you um, are listening to this after it's been recorded, please know that there will be a Medium article talking about creating rhythm and and how we as writers employ that into our own writing. There is also a video that um, I've put together on my synt my dot sent account that you can go and collect that walks through all of the pieces and then even talks a little bit about the pre-writing process and we go through the writing process itself all the way through to a finished poem if you're interested in doing that or if you've got friends who are interested in learning about this please send them that way I want to I want to help so that we can Um, help ensure that our treasure, our literature is part of the future. And so if you, if you were Um, successful in, in navigating the POAP game. Did you get a POAP? Maybe send a, a heart or a thumbs up if you got the POAP or if you didn't a thumbs down or something. Woo. You got the POAP. Oh my gosh. Oh no. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and so I hope that I hope I, I created one. And so I think it's kind of a cool little thing, but so thank you guys so much. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. So thank you all so much. I've had an absolute blast. And I'm so happy to meet the the Myth of Sisyphus guy here. And um, I hope you have a lovely week and happy writing, everybody.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Roving with Riona, The Craft of Writing, Crafting Rhythm. Recorded on Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. doing a little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debating great methods amaze to play inception the base, stay blessed see even with these huge sums of overall royalty taste, the sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small